Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, coming to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real-world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. How's it going, Brian? It's going well. We're a little later in the week than usual. Yes. I'm tired, though. I didn't get much sleep the last couple of nights. What I'm still recovering. From... Just, we had swimming that breaks my sleep up quite a bit okay and my son's out of school yes i'm out of school too which very is late nights actually work very well for me but <laughs> leads to late nights other than that i'm great no i'm fine i'm good okay i'm uh, finally finished up why soccer which yay we don't have to hear about it anymore thank god I'm so are you are you doing it again or no not why never again never again never again okay it's too stressful and it's yeah. not the games. It's the parents that are around it. <laughs> Rec soccer is just is much worse than club soccer as far as parents and stuff go. And we have you know, officiating just, they don't, the kid's a good kid, but he doesn't really know what he's, doesn't know the rules, doesn't, not, that's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm it's done. just not, I mean, it's for certain groups, I guess. It's not a good environment for someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you realized that. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I Lots of people can adapt. No. It's not just about adaption. It's just not environment for me. It's not structured. It's not well thought out. It's poorly run, poorly organized. All of those things don't lead, lend themselves to teaching kids in a productive manner. Like I can't do it anymore. It's just you're, you're not teaching anything. It's just you're, you're babysitting to a great extent. Yeah. And watching them run around. Yep. Yeah, yes. I'm done with it. Okay. Maybe I'll do club soccer next year. We'll see if we can get teams together. That'd that would be, be much cool. that would be much better where you have big chunk of time, kids are paying money, you got you know, consecutive to, you know, twelve consecutive weeks of training. Mm-hmm. Teach kids something. Yeah. And not have to worry about the, the randomness of the YMCA, which they need to get out of <laughs> Well, you know, they issue. just, yeah. Well, they, you know, obviously better management would probably help the situation if they had consistent management. Well, and it's and, frustrating because there's a there's Kentucky Soccer Association, which is in charge of youth soccer and across the state. It's called KISA, and the YMCA is not a member of it. Oh. Which means that the YMCA has their own rules. They don't have certified refs. None uh, of that stuff. Kaisa demands all those things. Right. We don't have any of them. Yeah, that you would know, be a problem. You get you know, for your refs. You get whatever kids are paying minimum wage to come down and, and ref your games. They may or may not know the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm done with that. It's, yeah. It's just it's not a good way to teach soccer. It's not a, not a good environment. It's not a healthy environment either. Yeah. For some reason, they decide they want to have these tournaments, and these tournaments are like the worst thing, because the kids get upset, parents get upset. It's not a fun place to be. No, I, I just don't enjoy it. I, you know, I, I mean, it's one thing if they're not keeping score, and just like you said, babysitting. You know, they're running around, they're getting exercise, they're learning maybe a little bit about the game, but well, at the older ages, like you know, even what? the ten, eleven, they're keeping score. I don't have a problem with that. Let's play a full season. And if you want to have a champion, base it on the standings for the year. Let's not put a tournament out there where it brings yeah. out the worst in everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Among young go. kids who really 
aren't developed in soccer. We 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 have we had played four games before the tournament. We had maybe five weeks of practice. Yeah, we're going into a tournament in a way that the kids have gotten a little better, but not significantly. They yeah, they're still. A lot of just random. It's not enough time to put that kind of pressure on a kid. I agree, totally agree. I just, I don't understand why they do it, and that's why I'm out. I'm, I'm yeah. done with it. Sounds like a good plan. I will, I will, I will coach organized sports, but not, not that, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that messes. Okay. Yeah. Now we're just trying to get through tryouts for next year, with Alex and stuff. Okay. Hopefully they'll be able to form a team. King's Hammer. We'll see. Cool. And I'm helping to try to form teams here in Frankfurt for Georgetown. Different team. <laughs> but they've already got a kind of a foothold in Frankfurt. There's another team that's a satellite for them. And King's Hammer's not going to come this way. Well, it makes sense to, I mean, I hate to say, form a team in Frankfurt that's going to go somewhere else. Because, like you said before, I mean, the YMC, the soccer fields here are tied up with the YMCA. You're not going to be able to get any, you know, somebody's got a private soccer field. Well, Georgetown uh, cut a deal with uh, Good Shepherd, the Catholic oh, Church, sweet. to use okay. their fields. That's okay. where they're going to practice is okay. their fields and play games at their fields. Who else uses the Good Shepherd fields? Anybody? Good Shepherd. That's it? Yeah. I mean, they only play spring soccer. Yeah. And I mean, it's a field, so they probably use it. They play football or I don't know what all the sports they play in. Yeah. But if they have any field sports, that's where they would play in. Okay. Supposedly okay. a nice field. So I'm We'll see. It's a fairly new school, so I imagine it would be pretty decent. Yeah. Cool. And it's hidden, so it doesn't get a lot of... I don't think it gets the random weekend play that the ones at Lakeview Park, Lakeview Park, Park yeah. get. That's why those are all torn heck and back. Yeah. A bunch of people come out and randomly play on the weekends and right. tear the fields up. Hmm. It is what it is. Yep. Well, school's out for the summer, so you guys go on a vacation? No. <laughs> no. You don't have any money, man. It's been. That's right. What broke in your house? What what broke out in this this week? AC. Well, homeownership. Here we go. Yeah, the AC. It's an older AC unit, so probably back from the eighties. Okay. It had a a drip coil. Okay. That the water kind of comes down and and, and drips into like this thing for, well, whatever they were saying that probably the surface had been either gotten dirty, probably when we were doing. Uh, renovation, a lot of uh, okay. dust and stuff in there. But it got dirty, and I guess some of the whatever the Teflon or whatever they use mm-hmm. kind of worn off. Okay. The problem is the cool didn't work, so it was leaking upstairs. Oh, it gosh. wasn't getting down to the drip hole, just kind of put pooling up in the upstairs vent area. And the problem is you can't replace that, and it's an old unit, and they can't because they can't. They could, in theory, replace the coil. Yeah. But they can't replace the coolant because they don't make it anymore they don't make it anymore the only answer is to replace the ac in the process we've got another area of the house that has that used to have ac that when we put the garage in they had to take out the the ac for it okay the whatever the outside condenser unit things to put the garage in we hadn't replaced it and we were just using like a uh, you were using the portable ones a portable one to just kind of keep it cool-esque yeah. Because it was never, it was t- too big of a room with too many windows to keep it w- cool. Right. But we just were just trying to keep it reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. And we were just going to, we didn't, you know, since we're doing the one, we can do the other one and just finance it and life is good. But you ain't going on vacation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was trying to get my pool. I remember my pool fund too. 
Yeah, sorry. But we'll see. I'm still more important. Still right working now. on the pool. Well, we were joking. It's like, well, we could have just sat in the pool all summer. That's gonna be that'd be cool. <laughs> I know your wife. Yeah, that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Not completely, but <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like in Australia. You know, you do all the cooking outside. You do everything you can. You. Yeah. Get, tell your wife that she needs to not use the dryer and hang all the clothes outside. She'd love all that. <laughs> well, you know, if we need to save money, that's what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> and how much is a divorce lawyer going to cost you? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But we'll still work on getting a pool together. Um, yeah. I've been scraping off the old aggregate. We'll see how. I should really get that done in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I do. Get, start on the manual labor, whatever you guys can do. And Well, I need to probably get one of the uh, automatic scrapers or the, mechan- uh, the whatever mechanical scraper. Yeah. So you can use the scrape tile and stuff mm-hmm. and bring that over to finish it. Because I've gotten big chunks of it done, the stuff that's easy, but there's certain areas that are just still sealed. Because oh. it was built in the 80s, so that yeah. aggregate is all pretty much crumbled off. And yeah. It's not on there very the bond between it and the, the concrete yeah, below it's secure not very yeah. secure in big chunks of it with a little effort you can get that to pop up right but there's a, certain areas that are still like <laughs> no <laughs> super glued. they don't want to come up and i'm getting tired of really just hammering at that for a while just to get little sections up it's not something I mean, like like you know grunge that you can just soak for a while and get up that's not going to work on this <laughs> probably not generally now my, my strategy is when i come to those it's kind of go around them if i can mm-hmm. and try to get the other areas and leave right. those because i also have like a chisel and hammer but i, I don't want to do chisel and hammer like the whole deck because it's big you know yeah four inch chisel would take a really really long time but i can use it for the parts that are really stuck and, and get yeah. it to pop up for a small piece yep for the smaller pieces wow that's a it's hmm. been yeah i've already Got quite a few hours into it. Shoulders already hurting. Bam, 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 and hit it. Strength training. Um, it is, well. It's a, it's a workout. I guess it's strength training. It is definitely a workout. Definitely I mean, tired. if you can figure out how to work the swimming muscles at the same time that you Probably you don't. Out. Instead, you just go swimming, and you're like, why does my shoulder hurt when I'm swimming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to say, like, the bar class that I teach, I'm like, I need to start advertising this class in, like, February and March is a pre-gardening workout class. So well, that you, you, you get strong enough to work in the garden because I've got a lot of, a lot of gardeners in my classes. And they're like, yeah, I'd make it a whole lot easier <laughs> if I was stronger. I could till my garden. So, the well, school's out. Yay. I'm not going on vacation either. I'm in charge of summer camp. And oh my gosh, those people drive me crazy. Because <clears throat> yeah. all these people that haven't signed their children up. <clears throat> but that's okay. Dude, we're going to do daddy camp for big chunks of the summer, I think. I know. I know. I'm, I'm getting I'm your kid on, on this, the tennis week that we've got. We but, might do a few weeks this year just to give him a chance. Well, he kind of wants to go because some of his friends are actually going to be there this time, I think. Yeah, I've got the list, so I can let you know. <laughs> and that's that's kind of why you want to do some of it. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Like I said, we might break up the summer and do just a just handful to of weeks summer. here or there yeah. just to mix it up some and allow me to not have to... Do daddy camp. Do daddy camp. Because it, it, it becomes a fairly big strain because I'll try to wake up 5 in the morning all week and get stuff done get stuff done in the mornings and then when he gets up at noon <laughs> go do some other things is he old enough that you could go biking and leave him in the house i think so 
We might test that this year. Yeah. You're, have your phone on you and you're close enough by. And he's got backup numbers. I mean, that was kind of my thought. I think he'd be okay for just to go biking in the afternoon. But otherwise, yeah. yeah, I mean, the goal would be to, I was going to get him to play some tennis this year. I was going to get him to, we, we might do some biking. Of course, that means driving somewhere. So we won't do a ton of that. <laughs> yeah. But maybe go down to Lexington or Louisville and do those trails mm-hmm. that are easy to ride. Maybe. Um, yeah. Get him a mountain bike. He's got pins in his arm. Oh, yeah, no, don't do that. Never mind. <laughs> when does he have the pins taken out? I had already thought of that. Uh, it was six months from when he injured it. When did he injure it? April. April. May, June, July, August, September, October. Oh, never mind. Next it'll year. Be, yeah, it'll be in the in the fall, which means he'll, he won't play goalkeeper in the fall either for, oh, for yeah. soccer. And he's probably happy about that. I don't think he must be goalkeeper <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> The perks. Hmm. The perks, although you know, it's goalkeeping. It's not a bad position. Yeah. I know my wife doesn't like it, but it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, he gets run over. You, you, you take some shots at pretty high velocities. Yeah. And there's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah. Except get in front of it. I know that our cl- the classroom that I'm in, if I'm in a classroom, is, us- is right by the playground, and the middle schoolers kick that soccer ball and hit the windows, and it scares the bejeebies out of me and they they have i mean not since i i think once since i've been there not while i was in the room but another teacher was in the room they broke the window oh wow and it's like okay guys you really really need to be kicking the ball the other way our pe teacher is uh a very kind of quiet reserved man and he um scares a lot of the kids but i I have he actually has a really good very military looking very military like that's a good definition yeah and he does uh one of the football teams, I think, in Frankfurt as well. And he, uh, I, I kind of talk to him a lot when I'm passing from one building to the other while he's teaching PE. And it's like, you know, when you guys are doing, when you're doing stuff with the kids with balls, they never hit those windows for some reason. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I love it when he has the kids doing push-ups because I'm like, when are you teaching them how to do the worm or something? Because I'm not going to do push-ups. It's oh, no, it's pretty oh, sad it's hysterical I'm like yeah none of them can do it i think i've seen maybe two kids that can actually do a push-up a real push-up so, yeah they all like get all noodly in the middle and yeah it's like no that's that's or the they one. go down like two inches and think they've gone all the way to the ground yeah yeah that's the other fun one yeah it's fun <laughs> oh my goodness anyway all right well this weekend we're i don't know a few weeks ago we were talking you were talking about motivation for um, staying motivated to do to compete and to do all the training and stuff, and I was talking about all the fun stuff that I do instead. And so this weekend is the Horsey Hundred, which is you got different options. It actually starts today. There's two different rides today. There's four or five different routes tomorrow, and then another couple routes on Sunday. And uh, I'm riding tomorrow. You can ride up to 100 miles. The shortest route is 26. Yeah, these all started mm-hmm. as 100 mile rides, and then. As they became popular, they added shorter routes to get more people to come because right. they realized that there's really not that many people out there that can do 100-mile rides. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it encourages well, people. Or... Well, people would always extend beyond what they could do, and they always had to deal with, you know, people that yeah. were doing things that they probably shouldn't have. Now this, this gives them an option. They can work their way up to the 100 miles. Yeah. So they, uh, I'm volunteering on Sunday in Millville because they've, got rid of the frankfurt stop because of the 
road fell into the river a couple of years ago. And nobody liked the alternate route last year, so they've cut it out. So I'll be riding, I think I'm just going to do 26 tomorrow. I could do the next one. I could do 64. I don't think that would be a problem. I think my tush would hate me, but. The 100K ride. Yeah, the 100K would be, would be okay, but I think I'm going to stick with a 26 and save myself and enjoy myself. The rest stops are great. I mean, they've got every kind of food imaginable. They've got all kinds of volunteer groups and stuff. That was the big reason a lot of these things became popular. Yeah. It's like a rolling party. Rolling party, rolling food, rolling drinks, rolling everything. It's like the like, weirdest picnic ever, you know. It's yeah, like, it's oh, what's going to be at this stop? Moving picnic, yeah. yeah. Roll and see what's at the next one. Cookies yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Sandwiches, donuts. It's like, who's got the Krispy Kremes? i got to make it to that stop. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just another way to get out there. And You're definitely not going to burn more calories than you take in on these things. <laughs> If you do it properly, you probably could, but it's very easy to overindulge. Because <laughs> I was just trying to think about that. I was like, you know, if you did, a, let's say, 100K, 60 miles, if you average 15 miles an hour, that's four hours. I mean, you're looking at about 2,000, maybe 2,500 calories. Okay. It doesn't take many donuts and cookies to get 2,500 calories. <laughs> True. <laughs> and Cokes and whatever else they have. These things, sweet drinks, sweet, all that stuff. No alcohol, which is probably No, there's good no thing. alcohol. You can't. It's, that's, <laughs> can't you'd be that. drinking and driving at that point. Yeah. Now, marathon out. races, not a fit, no official stops have alcohol, but there's plenty of unofficial stops yeah. at the different races that I've been to that are like, here, do a jello shot. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I never you can, partake. But. Yeah, the, the problem is, is, in theory, you can get for public intoxication you drinking those things and if you're riding the bike you can get dui which is yeah 10 times worse oh yeah yeah don't want to <laughs> yeah, i got DUI, dui on my bike on my bike well i mean one of the races that it's very difficult to kind of manage that alcohol actually since we're talking about it, is the bourbon chase it's the bourbon chase you're stopping at we're chasing distilleries, bourbon <laughs> you know you're stopping at a distillery every so often and most people aren't just buying a sweatshirt from the gift shop. <laughs> so that's a fun one. But they're, they're very strict on the drivers on that one for sure. They, I don't know that anybody's ever gotten a DUI because they, they are out enforcing. So. Yeah. Got to yeah. watch out for those runners too. True. True. But yeah. So how much food do I get to ingest on Saturday for 26 miles? Probably zip. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe 800 calories, 1,000 at most. It's only one donut. <laughs> oh, three or four donuts, you caught that. Those are big-sized donuts there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thing. I, and I guess what we wanted to talk about today was you know, tips for people who want to do 100-mile rides. Mm-hmm. For people who are looking to do like an Ironman distance where you have to ride 112 miles. in the <laughs> Such a long ride. Uh, not my thing. Long bike riding is not my tea. I love to bike ride, but three hours on the bike is plenty. It's sufficient done. for you? I am done, yes. You know, 50 miles is, you're going to tap me out at 50 miles. Usually that 40 to 45 is where I stop because mm-hmm. it's still hilly around here. I could probably do 50 on flatter areas in three hours. <laughs> yeah, I think my longest ride so far has been 64. No, I made, I made 75 two years ago, but I've never done 100. Yeah. I just want to, just one day. I did 100 once. I remember doing that, too. So I set up by myself. 
Oof. And I remember going. That's your first mistake. Let's find hills. That's your second mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we went up to, I went up to Frankfurt, did the hills around Frankfurt, came back, did hills around me. And then I just got tired. I, my longest rides before that were like four hours. And I just, I got tired just too long. Yeah. And I remember getting back close to home with like 95 miles. And there was a little station there, a little food place. Uh, and I remember sitting there. And I had some money on me, so I, I bought a Coke, and I'm just sitting there drinking my Coke, thinking to myself, I really need to ride five more miles. I live a mile from here. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the bike, ride through two or three miles of the way, came back. Got my 100 miles. Oof. It was. That would be a painful last five miles. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole thing with brakes and everything took me like eight hours. Okay. It was a little over six hours of riding. Okay. It wasn't too bad. That's Maybe not seven hours, About seven hours of actual riding. Okay. I just got tired. I just, yeah, it's just, you're just riding and riding and riding. And at some point, it's just like, for me, it was like, no. Well, good. and that's why, why rides like Horsey 100, and I mean, there's several century rides around here uh, in this area, you know, where there's lots of stops, there's lots of people, there's, you know, so. Yeah, even things... though you're, it's old and it's tired, but there's, it's harder to stop when you've got people encouraging you. Yeah. So. Well, and if things go sideways, uh, you have, support there as well right when you're on your own you don't always have that yeah i mean these guys have vehicles that you, with bike racks they're the sag wagons yeah. that are there to help you if something if you have a mechanical or you're just done they'll come get you so but on your own yeah i would never <laughs> it's not that but, bad it's just it's just a long, lot of time out there yep by yourself <laughs> that's what the reason they do these in groups is to help pass the time a little bit easier yeah so that is a long time by yourself out there um you know but if you're interested in going down this road there's a couple things that i recommend is when you're first off if you're building your mileage be careful don't go from like well we were riding 15 miles this weekend let's start doing 50 miles (laughs) yeah no (laughs) it's generally not a good idea And, and usually what i recommend is Okay, how long can I ride until my butt starts to hurt? Then can I ride 30 minutes longer? <laughs> okay. And that's how far I want to ride. Basically, you kind of ride around, butt starts to hurt. Uh, we're going to we're gonna cap it here soon. Okay. Make a mental note of, yeah, where I am. Mm-hmm. Get capped. And then the next time when you go out and ride, you should be able to get up to a, that, that time you got last time without having soreness. Okay. And kind of keep building it that way. That That's kind of my recommendation on mileage. That's so doing pretty like good mileage. advice. I mean, because if you're biking, you're, I mean, I don't know how much fitness has to do it, but that tolerance for being in the saddle is really key. I know when I first started at the beginning of the season, it's like, I can't ride two days in a row. I've got to skip a day. You know, and it just, I just get too, too sore. And I can't do two days in a row. But as the season goes on, then I can start riding more and more and more. So you have to kind of get to that point where it hurts, push through that some, and then kind of build that way. Mm-hmm. And you can't go out like, when you go do a day like that, you need to take a day or two off to right. recover. And then you can go back out and start biking, do your normal yeah. biking. And then when you get to your long ride again, try to push it out a little bit further. That's good piece of The that. problem is if you, this is what happens to like a lot of the Ironman guys is they start building up and they have to get the mileage in so they push through the pain Mm 
Mm-hmm. And that's when you end up with sores and all kinds of fun yeah, no. things. If you're ideally, you would do it over time to to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, the second part of that is like you were talking about. We were talking about this earlier. Padded shorts. Yep. <laughs> get good equipment. Oh my gosh! Please get good shorts. And and they make like thicker shorts for distance riding, mm-hmm. like comfort riding, or whatever it might be, rather than a more race oriented. Right. Uh, bibs or or okay. shorts or whatever that are a little bit thinner that are meant for racing because the big padded ones are not really great for racing but they're really comfortable for being in a saddle for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. the expensive thing is the saddle Um, if you're going to get into long distance riding you've got to find a saddle that is comfortable Mm -hmm. a lot of people swear by brooks saddles they're like the leather saddles Okay. They probably weigh like 500 pounds, which you would never see one on my bike because of that. Because the saddle weighs <laughs> as much as my expensive. bike. Yeah. No, no, the saddle weighs as much as my bike. I mean, what's the point of buying a 15-pound bike if you put right. a five, six, seven-pound saddle on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See that being a problem. <laughs> At least for me. I mean, I like to I like to go fast and race my bike, so it's not a good sign for me. It's not a matter of weight of the saddle. It's how well it fits you if in a distance environment yes that becomes the bigger thing and there's a lot of most of your major saddle companies have like different fit mechanisms where you can measure if you if you know your sit bone width mm-hmm. here are the ideal saddles for you but even if you go that route you may find a saddle uncomfortable for other reasons mm-hmm. for me mine is the width of the saddle they it has to be really narrow my sit bones are, are pretty close together, mm-hmm. which means that if it's too wide or too thick, it'll spread out and it'll rub the inside of my legs, which Ouch. causes, yeah, which is not fun. I have to have a real narrow saddle. There's not many companies that have those real narrow saddles. Mm-hmm. Like any of those split rail ones, mm-hmm. they're too wide. I tried one that you had and I was like, oh no. And, and I'm, you know, I mean, being a woman, I'm a little bit wider, but... Mm-mm, that one was too, too much. I, th- I like the saddle I have now. I like the saddle, on, and I've got two different saddles on each of my bikes. Do you have the same, exact same saddle on all your bikes, or do you have different yes. ones? Yes, the same brands, roughly the same model, roughly the same size. So but usually, I I try to keep the same one on. Although I do have the TT bike, I, I did find. Well, I've been riding Physique saddles, okay. which I know are fairly comfortable. They've got their stub nose one that i've got on my bike that i do tt with yeah which is a little bit heavier saddle but it doesn't have the 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 nose on them mm-hmm. and that one works pretty well for me yeah uh, it's narrow enough because it's based off the saddle i use all the time mm-hmm. the Arion. sure the small physique one is that's the one i've been mm-hmm. riding for a long time i i found it a long time ago i enjoyed it and i've just been buying them yeah. ever since Smart. Uh, that's the only way I can do it. The reality of it is, is you have to buy saddles and, <laughs> and try them. Now, do a lot of do saddle companies? I know some of them you can like borrow or rent one. If so the local you... bike shop has a deal with them and has them around, oh, okay. you can try them on. You can't and stuff do it like from that. the saddle company themselves. Don't do that. I don't think so. Okay, that'd be something to investigate. Because it does get expensive. It I mean, if you don't... $200 a saddle. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the big problem, though, is even if I go out and try one for like a couple rides, you're not going to know until you get out and use it extensively where the problems yeah. are. 
Like you need to have it for a month. <laughs> Probably. And, and do some time. longer rides on them. Yeah. To know. Because uh, they're going to hit you in different places. There's just a lot of things that change. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got the adjustments you can make on the saddle, nose tilt and all that stuff. That's right. That can, that can change how it feels as well. Yeah. And that's something to all, always play with. you, you got to worry about dipping. Because a lot of times if I dip it in the front, they'll take some pressure off. But that pressure then moves to your shoulders because now you're going forward mm-hmm. and the saddle's not supporting all your weight. Yeah. That goes to your shoulders, which can lead to fatigue in yeah. long rides as well. And if you go up the other way, you take the pressure off it, but then you put pressure into that area and it's... <laughs> you're sliding <laughs> you know, out so, the back. Somewhere you have the... Pr- well, you're not going to slide the back, but your pressure has to go somewhere and then it goes yeah. into your sit bones. Yeah. Which, again, is its own problem as well over time. Uh, I like having a saddle that has some variance to it so you can move it back and forth a little bit as you're riding. Mm-hmm. That way you can kind of take pressure off and it does get sore on longer rides and, 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 and <laughs> limp back home. <laughs> yeah. Let me have the pressure somewhere else so I can get home, yeah. Yes. Sense. Yes. And that's the expensive one, finding good saddles. It's it's tough. Like, yeah. You know, and, and the problem, like I said, is I can't just go to someone else and say, hey, what saddle do you ride? Because we have different yeah. anatomical net needs. Yeah. And what's comfortable for you may not be comfortable for me. Yeah. And that's okay, but it's something you're going to have to figure out, and it's a pain. It reminds me of running shoes. Running shoes seem to be a little easier, though. <laughs> but it's the same type of thing. I mean, if I get a running shoe, I won't know until I get 30 or 40 miles on it that it's bad. Yeah. I remember that. I had the Saucony Convarnas, and I started having problems with them within a, a week of having them. And then after about a month, I'm like, no, these are the shoes. It's not me <laughs> that's causing this problem. Yeah. Because I just, I literally was doing okay in their version three of whatever it was. I think it was Convar. It was the two, and then they went to the three. Mm-hmm. And, and they changed it. it was quickly. They changed <clears throat> the setup on it enough that I ended up starting to get uh, IT band issues. Oh, wow. Relatively quickly after using them. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they started wearing out in the toe box, like in a month. Oh, wow. That the right side started getting kind of a hole through it. <laughs> but whatever they changed, it was like, nope. <laughs> Sorry, Saucony, not buying your shoes again. Nope, not that one at least. <laughs> well, I mean, that was a good... I enjoyed the, the... I was like, this is a great shoe. Because I had the one and the two. Yeah. And then they came out with the three, and I'm like, oh, this is trash. I'm never buying your stuff again because you, you, you changed it too much. I hate it when shoe companies do that, but they yeah. do it every time. Yeah, they do it all the time. Because, uh, like, right now I'm on... And I'm not sure I really love the shoes, but Newtons. Okay. They're okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any issues, so I, I keep running with them for now. For now, <laughs> until you get issues, I'm, I'm until they change them on. again. The until next one. Them. I don't think they do a lot of changing of theirs. They're a much smaller company than the yeah. big guys. It's the big guys who tend to tweak stuff. Saucony Brooks definitely tweak stuff. And I'm a sure lot. Nike does as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And Adidas and all those guys. All right. What other suggestions for <coughs> long rides? You know, food. To be honest, it really isn't necessary for long rides because most of your work is aerobic, mm-hmm. which is fat and not sugar. <laughs> Other than big hill climbing hills, you, you really don't do that much anaerobic stuff on a bike, generally, especially on long rides. They tend yeah. to be a lot slower. Um, I do recommend bringing food because it gives you a reason to stop and take a break. <laughs> Or making your route by cast stations and <laughs> yeah, some place you can stop and, and eating becomes kind of that breaking point. We're gonna take a stop. We're gonna break. We're gonna eat. 
you know, because it's always funny to me. You will go out riding and people are like, oh, I bonk because I didn't eat enough. I'm like, that's probably not the case. You're, you're probably riding further than you've ever ridden and you're just tired or you've come into the day tired already, fatigued yeah. somewhat, and you're trying to go too far. It's, well, you didn't eat enough the day before. I mean, I mean it's a possibility. I mean, you'd yeah. have to be really pretty pretty light in the, to, especially if you're doing long, slow bike rides. Because yeah. you just, if I'm doing a long, slow bike ride, my heart rate's never going to above 120, 130. Only on hills is it going to get higher than that. Mm-hmm. You're doing that. You're not burning a lot of sugar. Yeah. At some point, you're burning mostly just fat. That's that's almost completely aerobic exercise at that point. Okay. Um, but for the most part, I think food is a good. It's a good psychological moment. It allows mm-hmm. you to feel like you're refueling. It makes you. There, there's a lot of nice placebo effects in eating on a ride <laughs> that work for people, and I'm all for that. Whatever okay. works. I just don't think it's physically necessary to eat a lot when you're out there riding. Because I've gone out in three, four-hour rides with no food and have never had a problem. And then there's, But there is nice to stop and eat something after an hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. of riding. If nothing else, it gives you a reason to take a break. Yeah. Because that's the biggest problem I think a lot of people make when they go out and ride for four and five hours is they don't stop. They just yeah. try to ride the whole time. My favorite thing, if I... If I'm stopping like at a store, some is a Coke. I mean, to get that sugar, a little bit of caffeine, it just makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I well, I mean, that's so. the whole thing. It, it creates a feeling that everything is better. Yeah. I mean, it's well, water just doesn't do it. I mean, taking a break for water is not the same as stopping. As yeah. Stopping and well, like I said, that's that whole psychological effect of like, well, okay, this is allowing me to refuel, or this is allowing me to, you know, I'm getting this is more of a break. Water is kind of like I'm hot. I'm just drinking some water to quench my thirst and okay yeah you're, you're doing it as you a lot of times you'll drink as you ride too sure so stopping so to drink doesn't yeah. really mean anything for as far as like a break from what i'm doing but when i stop i take time to grab some food i have to unwrap it whatever and i have to eat it i have disassociated myself from biking and i am actually taking a break mm-hmm. where a lot of times if i mean i've done it too you stop drop some water down throw it back in the cage and off you go again there's mm-hmm. no real break there. Mm-hmm. Food forces you to take an actual break because it takes a while to like unwrap everything and then you know Just eat the it process. and then take it back down. The process, yeah, yeah. creates a break in the in what you're doing. Okay. Um, now, on the other hand, water is probably something you should bring, especially if it's going to be hot, because yeah, dehydration maybe. can happen to some extent. Yes, and it's good to have water for that. Well, especially you know if it's hot, you're going to it helps sweat your, even if you're standing still. And it's so. going to help you keep your body temperature regulated and everything yeah. else there's some good there um a lot of people will put two water bottles on I, that's probably a good idea yeah uh get a second water bottle most most road bikes have cages uh, tri bikes eh, maybe not <laughs> mm, they usually have a lot of times on the back on the back of the seat yeah but those are like extra i'm like talking like on the oh, bike itself on the bike itself <laughs> most people add stuff to tri bikes yeah uh, but usually like road bikes will have one on the well, you always have to add, if it's a new bike, you have to buy them separately. True, but they have the, the grommets. Yeah. The grommets yeah, are what you need. Okay. If you have two grommets, put two of them on there. And the nice thing about water, when you're going out and riding, if you get low, find a church and use their water to their refill. Water spigot. Yep. Church isn't going to come out and say, don't use my water. <laughs> Usually. A church is not going to say, hey, you know, now if you go and use a church, don't leave the water running. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> But they're, they're a good spot to stop. They usually have outside spigot. You know, just refill. Yeah. Turn it off. 
off your wood. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's costing the church all of one hundredth of a cent or whatever for a, a cup of water. And it's like, it's good charity work for them. <laughs> they're not going to yell at you. Then they're not going to yell at you. Yeah, I don't recommend just like ra- pulling up someone's random house and going out yeah. and opening their hose up. We've done, we used to run, run from the YMCA and we were very happy when we discovered their outside spigot <clears throat> in the summertime. So it's like, okay, we can fill up here. Yeah, Which most... Most like the churches all have them, and they're usually they're not going to say anything. It, you know, yeah. The, it, the, they understand it's hot, and they're, I said, mostly charitable to the rest yeah. of the world. It's a good advertising for them. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, if I go, if I drive by there sometime, I'm like, hey, this place is cool. You know, they have water speaker, we can get water there. It's good advertising for them. <laughs> <laughs> you were silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing when you start talking about longer rides is your chances of getting flats increase. If you're doing some of these rides that take you into urban areas, especially these long rides, like, so I'm pretty sure the, the horse hunter doesn't go, it used to go through Frankfurt. I know it doesn't do that anymore. Where else does it go? Does it still go through Frankfurt? It used to go by the Capitol. <clears throat> it starts in Georgetown. It doesn't go by the Capitol anymore. No, no, it's, it's turning around in Millville now. Okay. So, um, but it's in Georgetown. It's in Versailles. Lexington, I think part of Lexington. You run into urban areas, you're more likely to have debris in the road that will give you yeah. flats. Horsey is a pretty good one that's because it is out in the country, you're not getting too much into the cities. But Georgetown, yeah, we're in downtown Georgetown, so. Yeah, I mean, the, they will take you through urban areas. People who do long rides will end up in urban areas. I mean, unless there's someone like me that can map out, like, well, I'm just only going to do back roads. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I, I can give you 100 miles of back roads, no problem. Yeah. A lot of times the horse, these, these big rides don't like that. They want to stay near urban areas and on mm-hmm. uh, a little bit bigger roads. A little more resources in those areas. Well, and they don't want to like end up on like a one-lane road and just hammer some little one-lane road too much. Two they years have, ago, horses were, or no, it was a redbud ride that um, some mules got loose and they were trotting down the road with the riders. That was fun. So, yeah, that was not urban. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> Watch they, out they, still go, horses, they still go through the road, but yeah. It, yeah. It's just one of those things. They, uh, because of that, you're more likely to get a flat. Yeah. And the longer you ride, the more likely you are to get a flat too. It's it, flats are more a matter of when than if. Yeah. <laughs> and, and someone like me who rides three thousand miles a year, I get maybe one flat a year. Well, that means I flat every three thousand miles, and I'm not riding in urban areas. Mm-hmm. If, I, if you ride in urban area, that's probably gonna be less than that. Yeah. But if I'm doing a lot of long rides, I'm probably riding seven or eight, nine thousand. <laughs> and you can get flats. Yep. You're, you're, there's a good chance you're going to flat on one of these long, on some of these long rides. The bigger problem is like I can't just carry. I got to think in terms of what if I get multiple flats and not mm-hmm. a single flat. Because a single flat can happen on any ride. But if you're riding for an extended period of time, there's a decent chance if you get one flat, I might get a second one. Yep. You might want to carry two tubes on longer rides. A lot of times they'll make bigger bike bags for people who are doing longer rides where you can carry more things mm-hmm. to support yourself. Um, for people who do a lot of long riding, I would even recommend maybe taking a patch kit in that situation. Mm-hmm. That way you can maybe patch one of the tubes just enough to get you back home. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than being 20, 30 miles away from home and, well, I just went through my tube and I got a second flat. <laughs> Or went both both tubes, and now I got yeah, a third, third flat. flat. It Same happens, problem. and it can potentially happen. Yeah. 
um, yeah. So if I want to be a long rider, I need to think in terms of, well, maybe I need to keep a patch kit in there. Because mm-hmm. generally I'm not a big patch kit fan. It's painful. It takes a long time. It, it may or may not work. Yeah. But at least you get a shot. If you don't have tubes, you have no shot. <laughs> You're calling somebody to come get you. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good plan. <laughs> Make sure no, somebody knows where you are, too. Yeah. I mean, really, the only other thing I have for people to do long ride is make sure you do regular maintenance on bikes. This is a problem you've, I've found with people who do these century rides and, and some of your distance triathletes. They don't get, they don't maintain their maintenance on it. Mm. If I do a 100-mile ride, that chain should really be re-lubed, should have been lubed the day before I left. And once I'm done, I should be thinking about lubrication on it as well. Yeah. It's a long time on a bike. You're putting a lot of miles on a bike. You're going to go through chains faster. You're going to go through a lot of things faster. Uh, your cassettes, all that stuff will will, mm-hmm. will go through faster. You yeah. Know, you may want to think, if I'm riding that much, I may want to think about having a tune-up at the beginning of the season somewhere in the middle of the season as well. Just yeah. to make sure, just make sure things are good. Because yeah. chains are going to wear faster too. Yeah. You're going to go through a chain and the last thing you want to have happen out there on the road is chain break. That's painful. And not only that, but once those chains begin to stretch, you're going to do damage to your cassette and everything else. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah, you might want to even get one of those chain checkers and check your chains once every couple of weeks just to make sure you're not getting mm. beyond that point of the chain being bad because that'll destroy. If you have an elongated chain, if it doesn't break because you're not putting, you know, you're, you don't really ride hard, mm-hmm. it's going to wear your cassette out, it's going to wear oh, your well, chain rings yep. out, all that stuff will doesn't take long though and you'll have to buy a whole new drivetrain not cheap yeah that sounds like an expensive thing maintenance sounds a whole lot cheaper um tires as well i mean you're gonna go through tires a couple times a year if you're doing that type of mileage yeah you're gonna want to just be paying attention and make sure they're not flattening out if they're flattening out go ahead and replace them yep they may not look warm but they they are as you found out Mm -hmm. (laughs) well mine mine actually did look worn i just wasn't paying attention Well, good advice. Good luck to everybody that is riding the horses this weekend. Be careful out there. It is a holiday weekend, so, uh, yeah, really watch out for those drivers because hopefully they're paying as much attention as you are. Um, That's when I'm glad it's a group. It makes me feel a little more comfortable, but still, things happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, things happen anywhere in life. It is what it is. It is what it is. So be careful. Keep your eyes out. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Give us five stars. Five star review. Subscribe. Subscribe. It's YouTube. We're going to get you on the YouTube one. YouTube one. If you've enjoyed this video, hit the... If you're watching us on video, you're going to hit the like button. Button, yes. If you want to see more content, you're going to... Hit the subscribe. There's a little... What's the little thing that's next to it that'll let you know when we release the content? I don't know. There's a little bell. There's a bell? Yeah, there's a little bell you can hit that'll... You say that every week, and I forgot. The word. <laughs> that will notify you when we upload new content. <laughs> if you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com. Did I miss anything? Nope. All good. right. Have a great day. Have a great day.